Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 19, 2018. So I'm teaching a series entitled Standing on a Word from God. And we've been studying, first we studied the life of Abraham, and now we're studying the life of David. This is part 38 of the series, and I'm calling it Stand Your Ground. As a believer, there are going to come times in your life where you have to stand your ground. You can't be a, a coward. You can't be a punk. If you're going to walk with God, you are going to have to rise up and, and take a stand and fight the fight of faith. And having done all to stand, and when you don't feel like you can stand, you have to stand some more. So I want to go back to the story of the life of David. This is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 12 through 32. I want to uh, pick it up where we left off. So first of all, left, let's go back to yesterday. So yesterday I told you that these two armies, right? One was on one side of the valley, one was on the other side. And so you have the two the two armies, the Israeli army and the Israelite army on one side, and you have the Philistine army on the other side. And the only thing that separated them was the Valley of Elah. And this giant, Goliath, kept coming out every day. Actually, he did this uh, twice a day, every morning and every evening. He would come out and taunt the armies of the living God. And, uh, and Satan is crazy. Satan used one man speaking words to paralyze an entire nation. So Saul was paralyzed and his whole army was paralyzed because one man came out and Satan was using this one man, the appearance of the man and the words of the man to paralyze uh, Israel, right? And so, and, and, and if we can, we can make that correlation that there are times where we've been intimidated by the enemy. We've been intimidated by just the appearance of the situation, what it looks like, how big it looks, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get out of this thing? Or even words from the enemy, uh, God has used, uh, the enemy has used words to stifle us and then God can use words to build us back up. So that being the setting, let me go ahead and pick it up from there. So as you know, if you've been following this series, uh, Jesse, the father of David, had eight sons and David was actually the youngest. Uh, he was boy number eight. But Jesse's three oldest boys, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shemaiah, they were all in the army. So they were out there. Uh, they were caught up in this whole situation. They were part of the army that was incapacitated uh, with fear because of this giant. And so David, uh, although he was anointed to be the king and the power of God was on him right after the prophet anointed him, although David, although he spent time in the palace ministering to the king himself, and David you know, ha had this great experience already in this situation after he was anointed, during this time, Saul went out and was with the army uh, at the Valley of Elah, and, and basically they released David to go back home. And so David went back home, and he went right back to doing what he... Listen, man, David is amazing. David humbled himself after having been anointed by the prophet, after spending time in the palace. He could be, he could have been like, no, daddy, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the royal musician now. I'm not going to go back to no sheep. He went right back home humbled himself, went right back to his father's sheep. He went right back to doing what he was supposed to be doing. He humbled himself to the process. He knew that God was working something, but he, he wasn't too big to do what, what he was supposed to be doing in that season. And as a believer, you have to, you have to be humble. You have, to, you have to honor God. You have to be faithful over what is in front of you before God will release you to what is before you. There are things that are down the road, but you have to be faithful over what you are, what you're doing right now, what you've been given right now, what your responsibilities are right now. And if you can't be faithful over today, God can't release you in, into your tomorrow. We've learned this lesson, but I keep driving it home because it's important. So he went back home. He was tending his father's sheep. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing. And back there on the military front, they're dealing with Goliath and Goliath is going out there 
every day for 40 days, every morning and every night, he's talking smack to the Israeli army and they're doing nothing. They're being incapacitated. So during this time, Jesse was like, you know what? I need to send some, some food to my boys. And, and so he gets a basket of roasted grain and bread for his sons that are there on the front line. And he also got some cheese together for the boy's captain. And he says, hey, David, I need you to go deliver this to your brothers. Right now, although, once again, David was anointed. He was the royal musician. He was all of that. You know what he did? He said, yes, daddy. And he took the food and he operated as a Uber Eats and he delivered that food to the front lines to his brothers. And so he went out there and he, he took the food and he went, uh, he couldn't find his brothers at first. And so he went to the supply sergeant and uh, he found the supply sergeant. He was like, hey, look, this is this cheese is for the captains and uh, this food right here. This is for my brothers. And uh, my daddy sent me with this food. So I need to drop it off. So he gives the food to the supply sergeant and he's about to go home. But as soon as he was about to go home, Goliath comes out and does one of his things. And so Goliath is out there talking smack. And uh, and when he does that, David noticed. Uh oh, so now what happened was David heard something that the other people didn't hear. He heard it through a different lens. He was hearing it through a different filter. He heard it differently. He saw Goliath differently. It just kind of did something to David on the inside. Something rose up in David. And David was like, oh, what's going on here? And so then David said, hey, what's, what, what's the issue? What's going on here with this giant? What's, what, what is he talking about? And, they, and, and so somebody replied and said, hey, have you seen the giant? He comes out here. Uh, uh, no, David asked. He says, hey, what's going on with this giant? He's coming out here to defy Israel. Uh, and, and the people's like, yeah, he's doing this every day. And the king has offered like a huge reward to anyone who kills him. Uh, the king is going to give the man, whoever kills this giant, the king is going to give him his own daughter for wife. I mean, you, whoever kills this man will be able to marry the princess, right? And then he says, uh, also, um, whoever kills the man, that person's whole family is going to be tax exempt. They won't have to pay taxes. They'll be able to marry the king's daughter, all of this stuff. And so David was like, for real? And they was like, yeah, for real. And so as David is talking about this, um, one of David's brothers, Eliab, the oldest, heard David having this conversation. And this is really kind of an indication of, of the lack of respect that they have for David as the eighth son. <laughs> so Eliab comes up and he got angry and goes up to David. And this is what Eliab says to his little brother, who is actually there helping him. He says, listen, David, what are you doing here? Why don't you go back to those little sheep that you have? You should be taking care of them. I know your pride. I know your deceit. You just want to see the battle. You don't need to be here. You need to go home. David was like, dude, what have I done? I was only asking a question. And then the Bible says something I really love. He says, so the Bible says, ignoring his brother, <laughs> David went to talk to the king. He was like, man, forget you, forgot you, never thought about you. He left his brother, ignored him and went to go talk to the king. You know why? Because he could, because he had it like that. He had a relationship with the king. So he walks up to the king and then this is what he said. And I'm going to teach on this next week. He says, listen, Mr. King, let me tell you something. I don't want you to worry about this uncircumcised Philistine. I am going to go and I will fight him. Now we'll stop here. We're going to pick it up from there next week. But I just want to say a few things on this Friday morning as we close out the week. 
and head into the weekend strong. Five things for you this morning. Open up your heart now to receive. You ready? Here we go. All right, number one. Now, the power of death and life. This is Proverbs 18 and 21. The power of death and life is in the tongue. And you know the whole the old adage like, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words would never hurt me. And that might have worked on the playground, but that just doesn't work in real life. Words hurt. I mean, words can unleash the power of God and they can unleash the power of the enemy. Words can build up and words can tear down. And so Satan was using Goliath not just to appear strong, but he was talking big smack. And the enemy was using words to incapacitate the Israeli army. And if you're not careful, the enemy can use those words against you. And if you're not careful, you can speak the wrong words over your family, over your marriage, over your children, over your, over your career, over your finances. You should never allow a negative word to proceed from out of your mouth. The Bible says uh, uh, that we, used to, we should use our words to minister grace to one another. In the New Testament, Paul said, let no corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to one another. Uh, Solomon, uh, David's son, would later say in Proverbs 15, 4, that kind words, they can heal. Kind words can help, but cutting words can wound and cutting words can maim. You don't want to speak the wrong words. And also, you don't want, you don't have to receive the negative words of the enemy. You speak, if the enemy is speaking negative over your life, you can reject those words and you can receive what God has said over you. Number two, when you listen to things, you should listen to things through the filter. For Goliath, he did not hear Goliath the way that other people heard Goliath. He heard something else. He had recently been anointed by God and he heard the voice behind the voice. Goliath was speaking, but really David heard the enemy. David saw him as an uncircumcised Philistine. And what this did was it arose like this righteous indignation in David. And this righteous indignation gave him the courage to fight Goliath. See, when you hear things through the lens of faith, you can hear what a doctor said, what a lawyer said. You can hear what a judge said. You can hear some something negative spoken over you, spoken over your children. And it can arise the giant in you. It can arise a righteous indignation in you that will give you the courage to be the man or the woman that God called you to be. Similarly, number three, you should look through every situation through the lens of faith. David didn't see what others saw. He saw, they saw a physical giant. He saw somebody that was going to go down. The, you know, the bigger the tree, the harder the fall. He was like, listen, this man, I don't care how big he is. He's not bigger than my God. He looked, what, no matter how big your situation, you may be facing something this morning, this Friday morning, no matter how big your situation is, it doesn't look that big when you look at it from the, from the lens of faith, when you look at it from God's perspective, when you look at it from God's perch and you're looking down on your situation. It, it now it suddenly seems a lot different than it looked like when you were looking up at it. So you look down at it because you're looking at it through God's eyes. And when you look at things from God's perspective, you will see things God's way and you will know that you can do it because God is on you. Number four, ask God to help you to develop the spiritual discernment that you need. Because when things happen in your life, there are some things that you need to receive. But then there are other things that you need to reject. And when David heard the, the Philistine, he knew that this was something he needed to reject. I'm telling you, you must develop the discernment that you need so that you can know what to receive and what to reject as you walk with God so that you can be the man, the, the woman that God has called you to be. Number five, and finally, you have, look at me for a minute. Let me tell you this. You have the grace to do whatever God tells you to do. You have it. You have the grace 
to do whatever God is leading you to do. The grace of God is on you. It is the father living in you. He will give you the words and he will perform the work. He felt, David felt that God was rising up in him to fight Goliath. And so he was like, I can fight. I can fight this giant. I don't care if any, I don't care if a whole army of men, I don't care if tens of thousands of men are just sitting around and they're struck in fear. And I'm a young boy. I'm 17 years old. I can do it because I believe that God is leading me to do it. I'm telling you, if God is leading you to do it, then wherever he leads, he feeds. Wherever he guides, he provides. If it's his will is his bill. If God is telling you to do it, then the grace of God is on you to do it and to succeed. You can do it. You can do all things, not through your own power, but through Christ who lives in you, who strengthens you, who equips you, enables you, empowers you, and then employs you in this world. God's grace is on you. God's hand is on you. You can do it. So as a believer on this Friday morning, I'm telling you to stand your ground. You got to stand having done all to stand you want to keep on standing. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith so you can stand your ground on this Friday morning. Say this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of expectation for me. I know I have a real enemy who's going to come up against me in real ways. But I also know that I have a real God who has graced me to resist, to resist his threats by faith. I have the grace to fight and I have the grace to win. I have spiritual discernment to hear with spiritual ears and to see through spiritual eyes. I am able to discern what to receive and what to reject. On those occasions that I'm led to resist the enemy, I declare that I'm going to take a stand, not wavering, without a doubt, fearing nothing, Having done all, I stand. When I'm tired, I stand. When I feel like I can't keep going, I stand some more. By the grace of God, I am not a coward and fear has no power over me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org and sign up to get the messages. And they're gonna be a blessing to you. And as you head into this day, Listen, I pray that this message rose something up in you, that the giant in you would awaken, that it would strike a, a righteous indignation in your heart, that you plead the blood of Jesus over your children, over your family, over your marriage, over your finances. Your marriage is not going to fail. Your children are not going astray. You will overcome. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You are the winner and not the loser. You are the victor and never the victim because God's grace is on you to win. So go into this day. Go into this weekend, take a stand, take a stand by the grace of God. And please do me a favor, share this message with someone that you know. Share it on your social media. God bless you.